1: אתה מזכיר לי טוב מאוד מי אני ואיך זה שכולם סביבך, ואיך זה שאתה מתחת לשמיכה.
2: שמה כבר די להעלום להיות העיקר יש דברים אמיתיים שקוראים מסביב חבל פספס כאילו פס, בטוח מה יבוא מחר אז לפני פעם הבא אדם בפני אל בורא עולה בתפילה תעזור לי להביט יותר עם הלב it's like a pima. It's a prima, I'm not prima. it's The Tata the eye Stock anything! T-
3: There's nothing stopping you. Who wants to eat? There's nothing stopping you. There's nothing stopping you. There's nothing stopping (laughs)
4: When <laughs> I us all the attributes of Mashiach Tzithkeinu, Ruach Hashem, Spirit of Hashem, Ruach Chochma Ubinah, Ruach Eitzah, Gvura, Ruach Das, Ve'iras Hashem, and even though these words are really speaking about Mashiach, we daven for it, in Shalash Shorgalim, we take out the Torah. we have a special Yirot sign, Rebunah and we say, Vizkayim Bonum Mikrashikosu. That all the attributes that are Shaykh to Mashiach should really be Shaykh to us. That when Mashiach comes, he's going to recognize his people because we have the same attributes as him. But you know, there's an interesting minhag. And Matzieh Shabbos, when you say vi'ite in Lacha, there's a minhag you're supposed to say it with somebody else. Don't say it by yourself, say it with somebody else. Why? Because vi'ite in Lacha, all the brachos that we're asking for, all the parnassah, the shefa of the week if I sit with somebody else and I say what am I saying I'm saying Hashem should give you not me forget me Hashem should give you and the other guy is sitting there he's saying what no 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 Hashem should give you ah the nachas the Kiddush Baruch who gets from that singing two yid and davening for each other we spoke about this last time we were here live in Jerusalem too about the chashivas of davening for each other and I was thinking in that spirit in that ruach Vena'acha, not a lie. I love on him. All of the ruach Hashem, ruach chachma, u'bina. Vena'acha, I love, not me, him. I want him to have those special things. And the guy sitting next to you is saying, No, no, no. vinacha I love on him, on him, not me. So, in him, so you have 1,200 people in here davening for each other at the same time. So let's all daven together. Let's we'll sing it one more time. Have somebody else in mind? V'nachal I love, not a lie. You didn't, don't speak like that. Allah. lie. I love. Say so one together. Give me, give me a really good harmony on the ruach. All right. Follow me. I v'nachal. Ruach. V'nachal. One more time, even louder than that. half I've one more time. i
0: J.M. in the A.M. Pretty amazing, huh? Eitan Katz with uh, Vinacha. Before that, you heard uh, Eighth Day and Ben Amram. Panima, brand new from Shlomo Lipman. You heard Meir Yisrael with Aluf. Mim Komcha done by Micha Gamerman, brand new off Shire Pinchas, volume number five. Shalom Aleichem from Pinchas Wolf, off the same album. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a, a Friday. It's the 10th of February, day number 19 in the month of Shvat, the year 5783. Shin Pei Gimel. Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro with candle lighting time at 5.04 in New York. 5.04. Candle lighting in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And as you get set to start wherever you are. Make sure to uh, be tuned into the Nachum Siegel Network because we have you covered all day long. Right after Jam and am it'll be the uh, Naomi Nachman program, table for two. It'll be the Air of Shaba show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It'll be the Air of Shabbos music mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It'll be the uh, final hour, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Got a lot going on. Make sure to be tuned in all day long. People are talking about the Kosher Halftime Show, my exclusive interview, never-before-discussed uh, conversation or never-before-discussed never, never before discussed topic, I should say, with your Achmiel Begun, and that is, that is, of course, the social media sensation. That's the topic, the social media sensation that the Miami Boys Choir has become over the last few months, particularly on TikTok. So we will discuss all of that in a Kosher Halftime Show that is going to um, – Begin at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night. It's easily accessible. Um, our website, um Our YouTube channel. Our, uh, our um, social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I mean, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to see it, and obviously... It's a long kosher halftime show, by the way, because there was a lot to discuss. So it's very possible you'll watch a good part of it during the game and then, you know, finish watching another time. And I get that. That's fine. But uh, just keep in mind that... uh, Just keep in mind that... That the the um the coach or halftime show is available way after Sunday as well. It's not just uh, available on Sunday. Um. Yes, on YouTube. I'm just looking on YouTube. It's Nachum Siegel Net. Nachum Siegel Net. I mean, again, it's gonna be easy to find. Anyway, um. And thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. It was great speaking to uh, Ross yesterday. I had a chance to speak to Harry last night. A big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm for, again, understanding the message that we are promoting when we, you know, produce a kosher halftime show. Uh, And we appreciate that. And as we said yesterday, Pepsi couldn't hold on to the uh, NFL's halftime show, but Rothenberg Law Firm was able to hold on to the kosher halftime show. (laughs) So I thank them again. And a big thank you to all of our sponsors. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show Sunday. Those of you who are into Jewish music, oh my gosh, there's a lot of material in there. A lot of material in there. Especially those of you who are longtime Miami fans. Or those of you who are younger and are curious about the history of Miami and some of the, uh, you know, the, the thoughts and and the um, strategies that went into creating the Miami Boys Choir. Uh, or at least, you know, getting getting to 2023 uh, with an act like theirs that's... Uh, that's almost fifty years old and just doesn't get old, which is pretty amazing. Anyway, so that's the story. Malcolm Holmline an hour from now with our uh, weekly update, Rabbi Yudin of course, and Harry, the aforementioned Harry Rothenberg with the uh, Yisro. Um, what else is there to say? Plenty going on here on a Friday morning broadcast. Avrami uh, tomorrow night with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. With uh, Saturday Night Seagull, then on uh, Sunday it'll be Mattis with J.M. Sunday. Lots happening. Lots happening. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to think for a second. I don't know why I thought there was something else I wanted to share with everybody. Can't recall this moment what it was. All right. Hopefully we'll get to everything before 9 o'clock this morning right here at JM in the A.M. Dove Halpern, he's next at JM in the A.M.
5: I my love We have I don't know love <laughs> I share my love We have Wake up in the middle of the night one day So dark, no light I see Suddenly I see something bright this way I know there's no other way don't give up, we've to fight, fight, keep that thought aside, and, and everything will be all right, I don't know now, asher manak, u'echad ushko echad, u'yeh betifah, I don't know now, asher manak, u'echad ushko echad, u'yeh betifah, oh, 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 the centre And the light Not your light I will all I will absorb And not who we had a I don't know. I a small heart? Who No, don't know. Who's going
6: Shalom aleikh
1: et
7: cielo a oh, via oh, vi.
1: Ovi Ovi, ni vi vehayoy love Oví, a casa é cidadai. Essa é um Oví, óví. Behoy, e guia sim khosi. Einolai,
3: la cloido
1: izlekho. Keis mim kho shenis kole vir khois kho meshte hey be seen u na has nakle and school living in myself is <laughs> shut the hate they Só em mim, ouvia vi, achaste a cidade. É só eu em corato lí. Ovia
2: vi,
1: at the haze the Tal lekhbar et zakhdusha kum vehit al lekhbar et zakhdusha bar kum 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 vehit al lekhbar et hit al lekhbar et zakhdusha kum vehit al lekhbar et zakhdusha bar
0: Yama! Yama done by Benny Friedman and company. Before that, what do we do before that? <laughs> Give me a second. Uh, before that, Ori Davidi with Lahodo, St. Kolokano, that was the Solomon Brothers, your Rosenberg in there, with Shalom Aleichem, Adon alum from Dove Halpern. And you'll listen to jm and the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. round the world, of web at on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And I thank you for uh, tuning in here on a Friday morning broadcast. So the big question, of course, as we get ready for the uh, Super Bowl celebration, the big party that will be happening in the uh, Siegel home on Sunday. Uh, the question is... What products from A&H, from Abel's and Hyman, did Nahum Siegel purchase yesterday at Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens? And the answer is the Uncured Beef Hot Dogs and the Uncured Beef Knockwurst. That's right. I said to myself, we got to go with some hot dogs, and, and every one of the varieties were fantastic. I mean, come on. It's A&H, after all. About to celebrate its 70th year. But I said, I got I, I need a variation, The young people there are going to want something, you know, a little bit of a variety when it comes to what to toss onto the hot dog bun. So I went with the knockwurst, and thank you to A&H, Ables and Hyman, for again being the centerpiece of a great Super Bowl celebration, probably being replicated in thousands of homes across the country Uh, that'll be serving delicious uh, beef fry and salami and hot dogs and all the varieties of hot dogs and the mini dogs, uh, courtesy of uh, Ables and Hyman. Because of the hard work they do uh distributing uh, i should say manufacturing and producing and distributing a great product so a big shout out to our friends at Abel's and Hyman from all of us here at jm in the am um more coming up we got our news from israel and uh thanks so much for joining us on a friday arab shabbos candle lighting in new york 504 malcolm honlein expected with our uh, weekly update in the seven o'clock hour harry rothenberg in the 7 o'clock hour of a Ayudin, in the 8 o'clock hour. There's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. Big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. It is the Rothenberg Law Firm that's... Um, that is... Uh, it's a Rothenberg Law Firm that is um, sponsoring our Koshar Halftime show this coming Sunday. 10th Annual... Kosher time show. Galaxal Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. newscast next booker toe from Jam in the M.
8: Gala Shash Time, Shalomra, Bowl Pan Ran Kurti, Mashikurah Shab, Khashad Le Figua, Bishunat Ramot, Birushalaim, Yeled Bin Shish, Nidraslamavet, Kishin, Batakanot Autobus, Baeir, Shishabne Adam, Nusafim, Bahem Shneeladim, If Tzu Gamhem, Imot Bratim, Mitsarefitel and Kataftenu no Abaran Shalom.
9: שלומרן, שמונה נפגעים באירוע הזה, ארוג אחד במקום, ילד
1: במצב אנוש, ושני פצועים נוספים במצב קשה, שני פצועים נוספים גם הם במצב בינוני, ארבעה מהפצועים פונו לבית החולים שער צדק' בעיר, פצוע אחר פונה לבית החולים הר הצופים, הדסה הר הצופים. האירוע הזה, אירוע דריסה שבכניסה לשכונת רמות, ש'המחבל נטרל' על ידי שוטר במקום.
8: מערכה ראשונית של המשטרה עולה כי המחבל הוא גבר בין 31 תושב השטחים. מפכל המשטרה רב ניצב יעקב שבתאי הגיע לזירה, שר לביטחון לומית אמר בן גביר, עושה את דרכו לזירת הפיגוע. מצרפת אלינו כתבתנו לענייני משטרה, הדש טייב של אומדס.
1: זה קורה לפני זמן קצר רכב פגע בתחנת אוטובוס באותה את היו במספר נושאים מדובר בתחנת אוטובוס סמוך לשכונת רמות בירושלים ערב כניסת השבת שוטר שהיה בסמוך הצליח לשלוף את משקו ולראות במחבל ולנטל אותו ממה שנצדק עד פה ככל נראה מדובר בגבר בין 31 תושב השטחים שהוא האחרי לפיגוח כי
10: רק העת רק מתחילה עד כאן
8: תודה עדס מיד בגלי צהל המשך המשדר המיוחד עם <עוד>
7: Kiloti kiloti mi Kiloti hazot Ich sag, ach wie bizaro Mir again alle nu Torato magellan über johei Mir ihr eternity he mir eternity über johei Wer ihr Et pana ibayomu veAnta hashira hazot leet kilo Kishakach shakach li pizao. Ma
6: se adam le
7: ma ba kilo far i être à ya dam ma kilo tishakh mi kilo mi piza
11: Fate of all mankind no one can avoid the bustle and the grind rushing to meetings closing the deal on the phone on the road buying selling spinning wheels it's easy to lose balance chasing money and success but there's a special treasure with which we have been blessed and as each day passes, joy fills the air, waiting for the moment to
1: stand up and declare.
11: Days every week, we work hard and struggle just to make ends meet. But once out of seven, we all
1: become kings who greet our boss Malco by rising up to sing.
11: When I hear the boss, I jump. To shop who go to school
1: I'm always parking by a pump.
11: But all of the worry goes down the drain. When, when my I
1: wife and children, children join me in singing very the oh, no friends.
11: Get to catch our breath,
2: making sure
11: our lives have purpose with meaning and with depth. Hashem loves us, knows just what we need. So let these words
6: be on the lips of every single year.
1: Our parents spend more time with us Baruch HaShem it's chag baruch haShem it's chag shabbat shalom good shabbat. I see a Beyond the beyond the
0: Shlomo Simcha, yeah, sometimes you just play the wrong ritzay, right? <laughs> Not really for this time of year, off of Shirei Pinchas, volume number two, nonetheless, great to hear from Shlomo Simcha at JM and the AM. Journeys before that with Baruch Hashem at Shabbos, off of Journeys, volume number five, Kilo Tishakach was Aaron Razel on a Friday morning broadcast here. At the JM in the AM. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. An amazing Friday it is. After all, it's the Friday before kosher halftime. Show number 10. Brought to you at a Rothenburg law firm, injurylawyer.com. We are very excited about Sunday. It will be the uh, first official full-length interview with Yerachmiel Begun. About the entire Miami Boys Choir social media sensation. So that's happening on uh, on Sunday. Our YouTube channel, Nachum Siegelnet. Um, um our homepage, Nalcolmsegle.com. Audio on the network, 8 p.m. Sunday night. After all, it's an interview. No reason not to enjoy it. Audio form. Um trying to think what else. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Make sure you follow my profiles. Make sure you follow the Nalcolm Network profiles. When you receive the Kosher Halftime show, in whatever shape and form you receive it, whether it's through social media. Uh, through our email blast, through WhatsApp. Please make sure to share it. and help spread the message of the Kosher Halftime Show. And I thank you. And a big thank you to all of our sponsors, and especially to our presenting sponsor, the Rothenberg Law Forum at InjuryLawyer.com. Harry Rothenberg has uh, something to say regarding Parshas Yisro. Here he is on a Friday morning broadcast at JM in the AM, and we will... Of course, dedicate Harry's words this morning um, to, uh, for a Rafuish Lema for Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Harry Rothenberg on
9: JM and the AM. I'm on a rare vacation with my wife, so I figured I would share the ocean view with you. At the very beginning of the parsha, we're told that Yisro, Moshe's father in law, heard about everything that had happened to the Jewish people, so he went to go meet them. He brought along Moshe's wife and children who had stayed behind in Midian during the exodus. Before he arrived, he sent a message to Moshe saying, I, Yisro, your father-in-law, I'm coming to meet you. I'm bringing along your wife and your children. Sounds a little weird, almost a little megalomaniacal. Like, what's he looking for? Like a band to greet him? I, Yisro, your father-in-law. And the commentators say, yes, that's exactly what he was doing, because he realized that inspiration doesn't last. So as soon as he heard what had happened to the Jews and made his decision to convert, he went out right away to go do that. And he figured, if I get a big welcome, if I'm honored, it'll make it easier. It's not an easy thing to convert. And Moshe, his typical genius, realized that that's what he was saying with that greeting. So Moshe himself, who was the king of the Jews, went out to greet his father-in-law, not alone. The commentators explained that he brought along all of the elders of Israel and all of the rest of the people. They all came out to accord honor to Moshe's father-in-law. Moshe realized it's very important to run away from honor. We shouldn't seek honor on our own. This is rare what Yisro is doing. But it is important when you have an opportunity to honor and respect others, to accord them the proper respect and honor. It can make a huge difference as it did here. And now that we understand this lesson about how inspiration doesn't last, we can understand an earlier scene in the Torah. At the key moment when Avraham is about to sacrifice his son Yitzchak, showing God that he's willing to give up anything at God's command, the angel stops him, and tells him, don't sacrifice your son. So Avraham looks and he sees a ram running towards him, but the ram gets caught in a bush. Ever see an animal run into a bush and get caught in the middle of it? What's going on? The commentators explained that Satan, the Sultan, got involved. He made the bush grow and grab the animal and trap it. What's he thinking? Does he really think that Avraham, who has already demonstrated his willingness to sacrifice his own son and is holding a knife in his hand, is not going to be willing to take an extra minute or two to cut through the bush to get to the animal? Here's what's going on. The Sultan realized that inspiration doesn't last. So if I can just put a few minutes between the that when Abraham's at the greatest spiritual level anyone has reached in history. And when he brings that animal sacrifice instead, maybe even Abraham will drop down a level. So it's worth it for me to delay. So we've got to always remind ourselves. We get inspired. Do something immediately. Don't wait a month. Don't wait a week. Don't wait a day. Don't wait a minute. Do something right away.
10: Baruch, baruch, Hashem, Asher yitzil azchem, Mi'ad mitzrayim, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem,
0: in the AM with Miami, the stars of Kosher Halftime Show 2023, the 10th annual Kosher Halftime Show, presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, Injury InjuryLawyer.com. And those are words, of course, from this week's Parsha, Baruch Hashem, Asher Hitzil Eschem. JM in the AM, feel free to comment on the app, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Malcolm Holmline scheduled for later this hour. Uh, listener Tikva says Shabbat Shalom. Um, J.A. Mora loves the Yama song. Um, what else do we have here? Listener Moshe, good morning to you. Uh, an Arab terrorist has rammed his vehicle into Israelis between Shmuel Hanavi and Ramot in Yerushalayim, reports of at least six Israelis injured, multiple undergoing CPR, terrorists were shot by an armed civilian, medics are reporting a horrific scene, children are among the victims, the incident is still developing, and a six-year-old has been reported as having passed away. And I thank, even though it's uh, so painful to get a message like that, I thank the Listener on the app who made us aware of this, and obviously we will uh, focus on it uh, for the remainder of the morning. Here is the story, as uh, being reported by the Jerusalem Post. Um, An MDA spokesperson... reported that the emergency responders received a call on the 101 hotline at 1.27 p.m. Friday afternoon. Hang on a second. This is having trouble loading for some reason. About a vehicle hitting several pedestrians at a bus stop on the corner of Golda Ear and Benjamin Mintz in the remote neighborhood of Yerushalayim. Medics and paramedics provided on-site medical treatment before evacuating an injured individuals to Shari Tzedek and Hadassah. MDA reported six casualties after arriving on the scene, including two children in critical condition, two adults critical, and two other adults in moderate condition. When we arrived at the scene, the sight was shocking. We saw a car near the bus station. After it hit pedestrians who were waiting at the station, this according to an MDA medic, we saw six victims lying next to each other, among them two children about six years old who were unconscious with severe multi-system injuries, a man about 27 and a man about 30 were unconscious, and two more victims who are fully conscious with injuries to their limbs. We gave them initial medical treatment and performed CPR on the children. It's a very serious incident. The head of Zaka said, this is a very difficult scene. A terrorist who violently rammed into a bus station where there are many families. When I arrived at the scene, I saw a lot of commotion, difficult scenes of people and children dressed in Shabbat clothes, lying near the station, suffering from serious injuries, cries for help from all sides. The medical teams quickly evacuated the victims with varying degrees of injury to the hospital. Unfortunately, at the scene of the attack, one wounded person was pronounced dead. The terrorist was neutralized and eliminated on the spot. Once again, we are dealing with a serious incident of injury to innocents, a brutal attack on Friday afternoon against civilians who are waiting at a bus stop. That is the latest Jerusalem Post update. Again, a six-year-old has been killed in a Jerusalem terror attack. Several people injured. Four are in critical condition, and uh, we obviously are praying for them at this time. We've been focusing, especially on our Friday conversations, we've been focusing so much on the um, effort by the enemy to, um, to murder Jews. And um, today's episode, and obviously recent incidents, obviously have brought all of this back to the forefront. After so many of us thought that these types of attacks... are um are a thing of yesteryear, but no, that's not the case. There is always an ongoing effort by the enemy to uh, murder members of the Jewish people. Simple as that. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Obviously, this will be uh, one of the first things we'll discuss with Malcolm Honline, who is scheduled to be with us at 7.40 a.m. Eastern time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. So, I'll we'll have that for you coming up. Um, Rabbi Yudin is expected, 8.15 Eastern Time, with the discussion of the Torah portion of the week. So, we'll do that coming up here at JM in the AM. Just a little bit of a problem here with our internet service. I'm hoping that you are hearing us loudly and clearly this morning. Wherever you might be on this planet, tuned into JM in the AM. Friday morning broadcast. By the way, uh, I heard uh, yesterday uh, that our good friend Alan Hirsch is celebrating a milestone birthday today. Now, those of you who are familiar with uh, what originally was TV Views and now is the Jewish Views, uh, that incredible um, newspaper, weekly newspaper that comes out uh, both in the city, in this area, and of course up in the Catskills during the summer. Uh, If if you're familiar with it, you're certainly familiar with Alan Hirsch. And one of the things that uh, I want to focus on on his birthday for a moment is the incredible Chesed. Uh, both as a uh, formal leader of a chesed organization and uh, informally how much chesed he does, especially for the uh, residents of Yehudan Shomron. Specifically, of course, at the top of the list is the matzah fund uh, that he has supervised for so many years and that provides Pesach needs for so many poor families in Israel. So all I want to do right now on this Friday morning broadcast is say happy birthday to our dear friend Alan Hirsch. Enjoy the milestone birthday, well-deserved, and um, and continued uh, continued success with everything, especially all the great chesed that you do from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. It's a Friday morning edition. A reminder, Candlelighting in New York 504. Again, Candlelighting in New York 504. Make sure you know when things start where you are. But again, here in New York, we'll start at 5.04 later today. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
5: על ידי דוד משיח ציד
0: Jam in the AM with Raza Shabbos, done by Levy Cohen on a Friday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, before that, the uh, Sandy Shmueli selection, Mim Komcha, on a Friday morning of Shabbos. Kosher halftime show number 10 happens on Sunday. Thanks to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, for being the presenting sponsor. Thanks to all of our sponsors and advertisers. By the way, just a note about that. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the Super Bowl is known for its commercials, you, you got to check out the commercials that our sponsors put together for our kosher halftime show. They're always a cut above. There's, there's, they are always something extra special, and this year they're simply fantastic. Anyway, it's all happening Sunday. Pay careful attention to social media, to our email blasts, to our WhatsApp groups, to everything, uh, our website. And you'll be able to access it at 8 p.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday night. Don't forget our friends at jewishworldview.com Again, JewishWorldview.com. Uh If you want thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos to learn more and more about Israel and the Jewish world, check out the site, JewishWorldview.com. Malcolm Honline is in Israel. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Fridays at this time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM.
12: Thank you. Good to be with you. Again, from the holy city, very sunny, beautiful Jerusalem today.
0: Uh, that I am sure, and there's nothing like being in Jerusalem, as we've discussed so many times. How ironic after our conversation last week about whether these terrorists act independently, uh, and how the, the world often excuses uh, them in terms excuses the the, uh, the larger, more organized terrorist organizations by claiming that these individuals act individually and alone. Um, when we, of course, know that the rhetoric um, that they are that they grow up with, that they're used to, leads to things like what happened today. And now we're told that both a 6-year-old and a 20-year-old, according to the Jerusalem Post, have been killed in this ramming attack in Yerushalayim. Um, I-, I said earlier that to a degree, we were lulled into a sense of security that these types of episodes were now going to be fewer and further between. And now, of course we are experiencing or our brothers and sisters in Israel are experiencing this escalation, your reaction to what just happened in the remote neighborhood of Yerushalayim.
12: So it again, underscores why Israel has to take the actions that it takes. Why, why the uh, life-saving maneuvers, whether in Janine or in other places uh, are so significant, they, they, uh, busted an Israeli-Palestinian cell for selling 150,000 bullets, and the uh, and they sold them to Islamic Jihad terrorists near Jenin. the um, The idea that they are lone wolves, as you know, is something that uh, is uh, promulgated many places. In fact, there is no such thing as a completely as a lone wolf. It is true that these that many of these operatives, and I discussed this with top security people over the last couple of days, it is true that many of them are not part of an organized group like Pidge or or, uh, Islamic Jihad uh, or the um, Hamas, but they are all influenced. And they're influenced by the media. They're influenced by the preachers. They're influenced by others within the society who are organizing and urging and inciting. And so, Nobody is truly a lone wolf operative, even if they're not part of an organized group.
0: And of course, our brothers and sisters going into Shabbos now have another Lael Shabbos to uh, have all this way on their minds. And obviously the families that are directly affected, we can't even imagine the pain that they are going through. And I'm glad you mentioned the effectiveness and the necessity of these, of these operations uh, in Janine and other places that are so necessary uh, because, frankly, uh, you know, the, the world reaction always is that Israel's being too strong, that Israel's uh, taking measures they don't need to take, so to speak. And it's amazing that when it comes to uh, the effort to try the, to quell these attacks and get to the source uh, of the attacks, uh, Israel comes under such scrutiny. Uh, I, I think the, the most important message, though, might be that even with all that criticism, and uh, with all the uh, statements and observations by those around the world, I don't think there's a chance that Israeli intelligence, military, etc., is ever going to let up in the effort to make sure that they root out uh, these sources of these terror cells. So at, at least we, at least we have that, Malcolm. Uh, we we know that that with all the uh, scrutiny that Israel is under, uh, they're never going to let up and never going to um, uh, I- ignore uh, those who are trying to destroy us.
12: They cannot. This is an obligation, first responsibility of a state is to the security of its citizens. There were thousands of attacks promulgated or attempted over the last year. And the Palestinian Authority acknowledges it. Fatah says many of them are are their members. So the uh, evidence is very clear. And the necessity for these actions, and regardless of whether everybody in the West likes them or not, that's not the criteria by which a responsible government has to act and it would apply to every government the american government too i mean they shot down a, a balloon uh because it was a security issue and necessary to do regardless of what the consequences might have been with the uh, the chinese government uh, anger at the at the action and here you have direct threats you just cited two of the kind of attacks that take place but there are constantly efforts and attacks that are are um, being uh explored so the government of Israel, because they have on-the-ground intelligence, and it reminds us why it is so important for them to have access in the West Bank, in Yudin Shamron, in every area, to have access and to have uh, people on the ground. And uh, you see that the PA then punishes Israel supposedly by saying we're not going to cooperate with them on the security cooperation, when in fact they're the major beneficiary. Because it's that uh, these guys want to attack the PA and bring it down as well. But the PA, of course, acts as if they are defending them and, and uh, extols them.
0: Well, obviously, what happened this afternoon in Yerushalayim in remote, um, you know, has has changed the direction of, uh, of this conversation. But let me go back to some of the other issues of the week, uh, one of which you just brought up. Were, were you surprised at the lack of speed in terms of reaction to that Chinese balloon?
12: I, I think there's a lot of assessment going on about why we let it cross across the whole United States, why we didn't take it down in Montana where there are sparsely populated areas. Um, we'll have to see once we find out what really the information there is, that the ca- gathering information ca- capabilities there were, and that it was not just a, a weather balloon. Uh, and the fact that you have others going, of these balloons going in other places and I think it's it's um, you know it's it, it reminds us of the of the challenges that exist. And a balloon, people can make, make fun of it, but it could be used for multiple purposes. Balloons, as you know, in Israel were were very light ones, not so sophisticated, didn't carry the kind of payloads that these did. But Israel dev- devised means with lasers, with others, to take them down because they could do real damage. They set fires, they carried weapons, they landed in the middle of kindergartens. And, and we have to take these things seriously. And, and we're constantly being probed and tested, not only by the Chinese, by the Russians, by others, by Iran. And we have to, America has to show the resolve. They have to at least know that they're going to be met with a formidable challenge if they endanger American security or that of our allies.
0: If the United States is expected to show resolve, and one suspects that in order to do that you need some type of unity, in Washington. I'm so curious and that's why I put this on the list. I'm so curious your reaction to this. What did you think of the of the uh, of the conversation <laughs> I'm trying not to use the word heckling frankly. What did you think of the back and forth between the president and members of uh, of the United States Congress during the State of the Union address? I think if you go back and you could tell me if I'm right or wrong. If you go back to most state of the union addresses of the last 50 years. Uh, what we saw this week, we've practically never seen before.
12: Well, there are usually, uh, there have been many times in the past when people have responded to things, but it's a real reflection of the partisanship of the tensions that exist between, uh, the parties and how intense the political atmosphere is, um, and and frankly, when presidents say things that aren't true, then people are going to react that from this party, from all the parties. Uh, but right now, it's 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 escalated, and I wonder how more than how people around the world watching this yep. judge America. Many of them say it's becoming more like the House of Commons in Britain, you know, where you have uh, such overt expressions by the opposition and by the government against the members of the opposition. Uh, and that is not the direction which I think Americans want to see their Congress go. But on the other hand, they they understand that it's such a charged atmosphere that the, you know, things that were not thinkable in the past are happening.
0: Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that. And I wonder if it's going to continue like this as time goes on. Malcolm Holmline with us from Jerusalem. All right, a couple of things happening in Israel that I need to clarify because I just don't understand it. So Smotrich resigns from the Knesset, yet he's still minister of finance, and at at some point he could retake his position in the Knesset. Can you explain this to me, please?
12: Yes, there's a Norwegian law, it's called, and that means that a member of Knesset who becomes a minister, in order to free up that seat, can resign, retain the ministership, uh, and then they bring the next person in line on the list of that party to take take his place, because most ministers don't have time to sit in the Knesset, uh, or if they do, they they um, you know they have other uh, duties as well. So it's uh, it's he's not the first. He's uh, many people have done it, and it's becoming an increasingly recognized practice in the Israeli governments, both this one and previous one. Who
0: Who is – how come I don't remember this? Who, who did this? Do you remember anybody who did this and where it was a big deal or is this, a, is this the first – No,
12: many, many. It's been done many times. Many members of Likud then – this way you get people lower on the list into positions because the ministers are already in the government and involved. So the, you know they, they don't need to hold both the positions and it frees up um, – uh, a slot for those who are lower on the list to be included.
0: Brilliant. It's done all the time. Brilliant, I say. Aryeh Derry is still in charge of his former ministries, uh, uh, working behind the scenes, uh, or is that just a rumor?
12: I mean, he's, you know, he's an influential player no matter what, whether he's in an official government position or not. The ministries are to operate on their own. And he was barred from it, so I don't think he's going to be flagrant in the violation of that. Um, but I, I fully anticipate that he'll be back at some point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> running the ministries in abstention. Um, all right, uh, the story of the week, and it's it's interesting if you go to some of the you know news sites uh, and you search Middle East, the first ten articles are about the earthquake, rightfully so, or the death toll is over 20,000 and the disaster, the, the, the scope of the disaster is unfathomable as we continue to witness the um, uh, destruction there through video, etc., Turkey, Syria, etc. Um, first of all, uh, I don't know if you felt it, but our reports from Israel is that up until today people are still feeling what are being called earthquakes, not even uh, aftershocks, but actual earthquakes in the region. Uh, I mean, not to be too philosophical, but uh, it, it's pretty amazing, thank God, that Israel's in that region and they've been spared from any uh, tragedies uh, vis-a-vis these earthquakes.
12: So historically, you know, people believe that earthquakes uh, are referenced in some of the in Tanakh and that could account for some events in, in the world. But this is uh, Israel sits on a rift. That is uh, somewhat unstable, and it's anticipated that at some point Israel will be hit by uh, a thing. But there were people scaring them early, uh, immediately after the Turkish-based uh, 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 quake, that you know Israel would have it within a year. This thing. and everybody says nothing. Nothing uh, appears to be likely in the next ten years. Right. And you know part of the key is to construct buildings in a way that they can withstand any kind of uh, earthquake or shock. Does Israel I don't do think that? that were, if they are supposed to put um, more emphasis on, in the new buildings on uh, making them earthquake-proof and more sound. Look, in, in Florida, we had the same thing, unfortunately, in right. Surfside and stuff, and now they're all retrofitting buildings right. to make them more um, able to withstand the challenges. But but uh, uh, there, there was an earthquake, and then there was a second earthquake right. at 74 the, the rest were a bunch of, of aftershocks. The, the second one, the second quake was felt down to Gaza because it, it was closer to the uh, rift. Wow. And, and then it, go, it follows that line down along the Mediterranean coast towards, um, towards Gaza. There's another rift that goes on the other side through the Jordan Valley, uh, down to the to the uh, Red Sea.
0: All right. now we'll we'll get to Israel's role in in Turkey, obviously in a moment. um but but first, I gotta start with this one. What did you think of the Syrian request that Israeli rescue teams come and help?
12: It's not completely clear whether they actually requested. they denied it. They requested. it. the Russians requested it, or behalf of the Syrians. Uh, as you know, they went in with unmarked planes, not official Air Force planes. But it is, um, you know, it is an important sign, and I hope they'll be safe there. I think the part of the reason not to declare it openly was because you know you have ISIS, you have other groups operating right. in Syria that could, uh, God forbid, take action. And
0: it's such a chaotic but situation right now.
12: Completely chaotic. Uh, humane, human tragedies that are unfathomable that people see the pictures more from Turkey, but right. also in Syria, the to- death toll there is over 21,000 or 25,000. It keeps uh, going up steadily. Uh, fortunately, the Jewish community in the core area um, had moved out largely, although the two leaders, a husband and wife were, uh, were killed. The house uh, collapsed and the Israeli rescue team did find them and, 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 uh, brought their bodies out. Uh, so they, I've been in touch with the Jewish community in Turkey. They don't have uh, clear reports of, of uh, Jewish casualties. Uh, obviously Jews live in, in major places and in Turkey. There's a community of about 15,000 still there. Wow. But I think that they largely escaped, it. they're not in the target main target areas. The uh, Israeli response though, has been nothing short of so remarkable and I think there were 40 cargo planes involved in transporting everything that Israel was sending. Not only did they send goods, but they sent the field hospital, which is operating with 200 doctors with uh, you know such a huge presence there. I think that other uh, countries are started to send them, but their ability to move with such alacrity and to be, you know the first in the uh, on the scene and to be able to administer to so many people yesterday, they, they saved uh, 12 people alone. Wow. Just the, the Israeli groups um, saved 12 lives. I mean, that's really an amazing statement. And I hope that you know after this is over, people will remember it as well. Uh, there's been an amazing response from many countries. It's not just Israel. And this is something Jews are always uh, at the forefront when others are in danger. But I hope that they will think about it as well when uh, talking about Israel and and their relationship with Israel.
0: Oh, how I hope uh, how I hope that that, uh, that that hope comes true. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world web and the the alhamsoul network and of course the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Homeline is in Jerusalem for us a Friday morning broadcast here at JM When they uh, found the um uh, the uh, the body of the leader of the Jewish community in Turkey as you just told us when the Israeli rescue team uh, found his body the quote was I'm, I'm i'm translating from the hebrew quote that was posted on social media there is no place in the world to which the jewish people will not go in order to grant every jew his or her final respect what a beautiful statement huh
12: yeah absolutely and i think uh, it's what motivates and and you know you see the criticisms that they're so quick to level against Israel, let's say about the Ukraine, without even knowing how far Israel has gone and how much aid Israel has provided, how much assistance on an ongoing basis, humanitarian assistance, some defensive military assistance, and nor do they take into account all that Israel faces in making a decision like this that other countries don't. They don't have Russia on on their border, northern border, and they don't have the circumstances and yet Israel responds in every instance. And look at the Arab countries, look at all the rest of the states, countries in this region, hardly any of them have, have uh, shown the kind of response and generosity. And Israelis and Jews, by the way, on Turkey, uh, I got a letter from the the ambassador in the United States of of Turkey uh, extolling the tremendous response and the generosity of the Jewish communities in the United States and around the world and how they have really been pouring out uh, aid. Uh, Not to say that others haven't, they are. I think anybody who sees this can't but have their hearts torn apart by the tragedies that have taken place.
0: No question about it. Uh, A couple of things on the further international front. Um, we are it's funny. We're always skeptical when amnesty programs are announced in this country, especially when it comes to taxes, other things. Uh, what about the amnesty program that we're reading about in Iran? Is it a complete sham or are they really, uh, granting amnesty to those who've either been arrested or have been accused of, uh, of violations, uh, treason, etc.?
12: They have announced an amnesty. We'll have to see whether it's fully implemented, but it does not cover everybody arrested. You know, they've arrested tens and tens of thousands of people. So if they announce 40,000 out of 70,000, that does not mean that they've given a total amnesty to people. Right. And we know that many remain in jail and many uh, face still death sentences. I think the international outcry, uh, especially after the first executions, was such that they couldn't ignore it. It doesn't mean that, you know, they take that into account when, when they make a decision. Um maybe, you know, sainter voices were just telling them this doesn't look good abroad, you're, you're destroying your own image. Uh, because you see that they are just acting more and more aggressively, trying to secure uh, jets and, and fighter and, and equipment, and uh, utilizing the relationship with uh, Russia to build a, a drone factory in Russia, from which they will make a lot of money. Um, and trying to upgrade their own capacities, you know, their military, their air force is very weak and very outdated they um, that, that, and, and I think in part that's why they resort to drones so much because their planes are basically useless um, but the the um, they, they, they tend there tends to be a correlation when it comes to Iran that they they become more boisterous about foreign policy and foreign adventurism as the situation at home worsens and and while the demonstrations may be somewhat lessened, this is not going away and the movement that was created is not going to disappear. And so I think that the the problems that they face are going to grow. Their currency is in free fall. The if it weren't for the Russian, you know, the aid they get from Russia or from the selling Russian oil, et cetera, their conditions would be even worse. Yeah. So I think we have um, you know, don't people shouldn't be lulled into some sort of false sense of security that all of a sudden they become humanitarian, or whatever. The truth is that if, if anything, it just tells us that we have to put more pressure on them, that they can't, you know, that they will respond to it, that the lives that were lost are, are really a black stain on everybody, that if they didn't do everything possible, and I'm not saying that they're responsible for the deaths, but certainly we have to make every effort to um, to, to stop this regime and to, to and the practices they've engaged in.
0: You know, we've criticized the media and, uh, you know, the world of celebrity for basically ignoring what's going on in Iran, especially with the movement, as you just described. Uh, The anthem of the Iran protest movement won a Grammy this week. So I'm wondering if Hollywood, I wonder if this is a coincidence or if Hollywood is starting to pay attention, which, of course, we know whether we like it or not is important that the world of celebrity call attention to these things. I wonder if uh, they're starting to pay more attention to what's happening in Iran.
12: That could very well be. And you're absolutely right to point it out that it is change, that they uh, that they've acknowledged the movement and are at least taking that that recognition by giving the the award to the uh, song that they prepared for it. Um, But still, you don't hear the kind of outcry, the kind of consistent voices being raised, even as we see Iran uh, taking on more and more decisive actions against the innocent civilians. And preventing people from exercising the right to speak out, um, yeah. and you know this is nothing new for Iran, but you know we've seen Iranian warships now in Latin America. We see them fishing in troubled waters everywhere. Uh, this is their, their response to the pressures from inside, and the um, uh, you know and to the attacks that have uh, have taken place.
0: Yeah, understood. By the way, there's an article this. I think I saw it in Hamodia, an article that uh, the the prime minister was considering sending the Iron Dome to the Ukraine. I thought I thought we had determined based on what you told us that that there would be no benefit to Ukraine to have that system because of the nature of the rockets and missiles that are being used in this war. Am I right about that or not?
12: You're right, and there, but there, you know there are always rumors about it. But it, it's not a practical step. It's not because it's useless. Number one, the, the missiles that are being fired at, at Iran don't go in the trajectory that Iron Dome is at uh, Ukraine are not uh, the ones that Iron Dome are meant to address. That's first. Second, they would take a year or so to train people, even though they, they've oh, gotten right. equipment in the last week.
0: Right, that at, was the problem. Uh,
12: hubs. And, and Israel has to be concerned. You saw yeah. that the, the uh, foreign minister of Russia already came out saying, that um, uh, that there should be a Palestinian state
0: right
12: that's a message you know that's a retaliatory message from them
0: understood yeah trying to warn israel be careful who you're supporting hey can can we agree that the shas party kotel bill was a bad idea
12: uh, i certainly would agree with you i hope they agree and uh, <laughs> my minister has said that it's not going anywhere so i hope that uh, that message will be clear you know, the divisiveness and the tensions are, are clear, especially the reactions abroad and an action like that. But you notice how everybody jumps to the conclusion that this is, in fact, the government position and that this is a reality that's going to happen. And don't even give them a chance to to prove whether that is, in fact, the case. And that's right. As we see, it is not.
0: That's right. If it's, if it's out there, immediately they put it uh, the blame at the foot of the uh, prime minister's Um uh, of the prime minister in this case, hundred um, percent. There was a there was a study of the anti bias of the New York Times. Did you have a chance to see that?
12: I don't have to see it because I see the New York Times. Excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me.
0: Of course, I meant anti, anti-Israel bias of the New York Times. I mean,
12: I, I, w- w- we all know that there's nobody who suspects them of being pro-Israel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, and it's not just them. I just uh, spoke with some people who are experts in the media. and They told me that uh, like 80% of the stories come from AP. So the, they don't even have reporters, and often it's just stringers. So they're all using and feeding off the same crop. They may change the headlines a little bit, but the fact is that the stories are all coming from single sources and they're not reliable sources. Uh, the New York Times as well. and the the bias is so clear not only against Israel, against Jews, and what we've seen in in the last you know months, the the, the terrible stories that they've been publishing. Uh, and it's it's the media overall, the, you know, the stories in Janine that not, I heard on CBS, on, on NPR, uh, nine killed in Janine, nine Palestinians killed in Janine without any context or mention that, in fact, they were terrorists. Yeah. And they, a, a single civilian was allegedly killed, they said, but we don't have any proof that that was, you know, we haven't had any conclusionatory proof. But it doesn't matter. They right away distort and misrepresent in each instance, what is what is happening and, and the, you know, you notice pay to slay, hardly gets any mention. All of the other things that they're doing, hardly gets any mention that the people have so so distrust uh, their own government that the, um, you know, the criticizing uh, Abbas for, for not leading. And, um, and we see that the growth of groups like Lions Den and others, which are really independent growth I- I- initiatives um uh, are flourishing because of this frustration with the government. And then they turn to terrorism. They turn to other means to, um, to, to express and, and to carry out attacks like we saw today.
0: I got to read one paragraph to you from this article. And uh, believe me, the whole thing is outrageous. But th- this one just I, I think it really is so simple how it hits home. 20 negative opinion articles were published against Israel from January 22 until the present, compared to 13 articles against Iran where the nuclear project is thriving and massive human rights protests broke out in the past year. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other statistics, but that one just sums it all up, basically.
12: And the the truth about the stories about the... The, the failure to respond to the IEA, the violations, the stuff. And yet we see that there are still those who are plotting and trying to get Iran back in good graces and to to uh, say that talks should take place. We understand that there are you know, private uh, initiatives in, in this regard. And uh, the Qatari foreign minister, as I reported here uh, la- last week about what's in, in Iran and telling them that not only did they have messages from Europeans, but he claimed to have them. Americans about how to create the conditions to renew negotiations, although the administration says that it's done for now, that it's not, uh, not going to happen. The fact is that there are still those who advocate and are willing to turn a tie to the violations uh, of Iran. The Euro- Europeans right now are taking a harder line because they're becoming victimized. We saw saw with Charlie Hebdo and all of the events of the, of the last weeks. So the New York Times, doesn't report on all of those activities, but is constantly obsessed with Israel, Haredim, with the in in ways that are reminiscent of uh, of uh, past eras. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. We're so focused on what social media and news sites and uh, social media platforms are are doing against Israel. It, it, it is amazing. I mean, I guess because they have a pretty good social media presence. It is amazing how the influence of The New York Times continues to really um, you know, be a barometer of uh, attitude toward Israel and all the other, you know, all the other situations you just described. Uh, it's uh, it, they, you know, they had an unbelievable influence when they were in print and it just seems to continue in this new era.
12: But increasingly, people don't trust the media, right? And um, you know, you gotta. People are skeptical, and they talk about fake news. They joke about it, but it's not a joking matter that people don't feel. And then they turn sometimes to extremist outlets and others, you know, for information that confirms what they believe. But they're not getting the kind of uh, Walter Cronkite information that other generations grew up with
0: yeah i would even say they're not even getting what was a slightly better balanced cnn uh you know news reporting of the early years of cnn but whatever that's i guess for a different time to analyze uh those of you just tuning in we did address the terror attack in Jerusalem and remote malcolm's reaction uh, toward the beginning of our conversation if you missed any of it of course is an archive at com and the nsn app and our amazing Avromi uh, will get those up as soon as possible. You'll be able to hear that segment of our conversation. Two quick things, Malcolm, to wrap up. First of all, I don't know. If you, I assume you saw this. You saw the um, article about the Soviet jury movement and some of the interesting partners uh, that the that the leaders of the movement are being. I don't want to say accused, but are. But it's being suggested they worked with to swell the numbers of uh, of protesters, especially in San Francisco. I, I assume you saw it. If not. Let me know, but
12: did you know what I'm referring to? Well, no, I did. I, obviously, uh, 100,000 people sent it to me, but I didn't <laughs> see it anyway. Um, as you know, that I was one of the first to organize Um, efforts against the the missionaries. Well, yeah, of
0: course. Everyone in this audience knows that, but obviously your anti-missionary activities are well known. But still, movements do create interesting partnerships. I'm sure you could tell us about some interesting partnerships you had in that era and even in today's era. So... You know, I, I, I mean, as much as people might want to criticize, you know, those who from our community who line up with those who are completely on the other side of our of our issues, both politically and religiously. Still, would you agree that protest movements sometimes do form some interesting partnerships?
12: Yes, and I, and I, but this is not an interesting partnership. This is uh, an act of desperation where you turn for to Jews, for Jesus, or other groups to join them for demonstrations for Soviet Jewry, Right. When we know that they were targeting uh, Soviet immigrants in the United States for conversion, Uh, conversionary activities. Right. And that's one. Two, uh, I found it interesting that the FBI was surveilling the demonstrations, and I believe that it probably was a JDL or JDL-oriented demonstration that they were picturing. They also had pictures from establishment uh, events that had nothing to do with the story in San Francisco.
0: Right.
12: So again, you know, they, they love to have a story like this that, that can distort and misrepresent. Um, but I think overall the Soviet Union acted with great restraint, great dignity uh, and assertiveness in the right ways. And you always have aberrations when you have such a national movement that uh, I guess it would be very hard to have, uh, have, have completely eliminated during
0: those years, oh, point well taken. Believe you me, point well taken. Uh, finally, Malcolm. I- even though obviously um, we're talking about a uh, a leader who had um, a, a different religious background than than you know that uh, than than people like myself. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna toss you into it, but you know nonetheless. Nonetheless, I feel it's so appropriate to pay tribute for a moment to Rabbi by Mark Gollub because by Mark Golub had this vision of creating. A, a media source that would be accessible to Jews of the United States and others, uh, you know, 24 hours a day all through the week. And that vision came true. And anybody who spends time um, uh, providing programming um, and information that can only benefit uh, both the Jewish community and and the secular world, uh, I believe needs to be recognized. So I'm sure you join me in remembering him fondly for this incredible effort that he saw come to fruition.
12: So I was friendly with him, very friendly, and <clears throat> appeared with him numerous times on his uh, station and on this on the broadcast. He was somebody who was fair, who truly loved the Jewish people of every kind in every way. He honored those who served the Jewish community. he um, he brought Jewish knowledge to a lot of people who wouldn't have had it otherwise, and I I know i met people in many places who would stop me and say, oh, I saw you on the the TV with uh, Rabbi Golub, and he was, uh, uh, it is a real loss. He's somebody who who was a pioneer in a sense, but as you know, I tried to unite all the stations. I tried to to work to, to, to build this kind of capacity, which is so essential to the Jewish community. Because when he runs Sesame Street in Hebrew, when he runs other things, he's reaching a young generation. Yep. He's helping identify them with the Jewish community. And as you do every day as well. And I, and I think it's, it, you know, we should honor and pay tribute to those who, who make the effort, who I, I know it was uh, very demanding of him and his uh, family. And we extend to them our heartfelt
0: condolences. And- 100%. Malcolm, you're 100% well said and well deserved. Uh, Malcolm, next week you are traveling. Is this one of those uh, I can't reveal where, or is this one of those I could share with the audience where I will be?
12: Uh, I'll be in the region. <laughs> Middle East, you mean? Middle East region. And, and two weeks from today
0: we should be able to reconvene?
12: It depends on where I'm going to be. But, Ooh, uh, this is this uh, is becoming even more mysterious. <laughs> no, I'll be back in Israel that week for our annual right. President's Conference. conference. Right. But it uh, ends Thursday, and I'm, I may be traveling. So I, I will let you know well in advance. I much, certainly want to be on, and hopefully we will be.
0: Much appreciated. Have a Shabbat Shalom, and enjoy Jerusalem
12: all be well to
0: everyone. Don't don't forget to tune into the Kosher Halftime Show from Israel. Uh, Malcolm Homeline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations, with us Fridays for the weekly update right here at JM in the a.m. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. It is a Friday morning broadcast for the 10th of February, the 19th day in the month of Shabbat. Candle lighting at 5.04 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Our collective Jewish heart is in pain today, uh, this afternoon in Israel, a ramming attack by a murderer uh, who has killed two of our brethren. Others are injured in the remote neighborhood of Jerusalem. And um, what can I say? There is nothing to say. Um, make sure to discuss with your children and grandchildren over Shabbos the... Uh, The incredible sacrifice that people make to live in the land of Israel. One of them being the fact that they are constantly under terror threat no matter where they are. I don't know. People will say, oh, it could happen anywhere. Agreed. But that constant terror threat is um, something that I think is unique for our Jewish brethren who are living in Israel. I don't think you'd call the terror threat in this country constant. At least it doesn't feel that way. This time, each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin yudin spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomre Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi yudin
13: Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Yisro. Whoa. First of all, Yisro contains 17 mitzvahs, three positive, and 14 restrictions. But listen carefully. If I were to ask anybody, what was clearly the singular, most important event in world history? And the answer is the revelation at Sinai, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu Pronounced the Aseres Hadibros To at least two million Jews at Sinai No other people No other religion can make Any such claim. They claim That God appeared to their leader Their prophet. Maybe he did Maybe he didn't but you have to take that person's word for it. For us, we were there, and each one told their child, every father, every mother, and that tradition continues to this very day. Before I begin, I'd like to make a suggestion to enhance your Shabbos table tonight and or tomorrow. What are the Aseris Hadibros? And I'm not asking, number one is there's a God, number two, not to have, no. I'm asking from a perspective, what are the Ten Commandments? The Rabban teaches in his commentary on the second set of the Ten Commandments. What are the Ten Commandments? We underwent Geirus conversion, and became a Jewish nation at Sinai. The Talmud says that a male requires one, circumcision, two, the acceptance of mitzvot, three, immersion in a mikvah. We had circumcision when we left Egypt. We recited Naseh nishma we committed ourselves to 613 at Sinai prior to the giving of the Torah, and we have, therefore, going to the mikvah, all three at Sinai. Now, what do we do when a non-Jew wishes to convert? And the answer is, we initially try to dissuade them. If they persist, we are taught that you give them a sampling, some of the kalos, some of the easier laws, and some of the chamuros, some of the more strict laws. Says the Ramban, that's what this is. The Ten Commandments are that sampling. The Ten Commandments are some easy and some hard to initiate the Jewish people into the Torah life. I strongly recommend that you start with number one, the belief in God and who's a personal God, who's involved in our lives. Is that easy or hard? Number two, number five, number seven, number nine, go back and forth and see what the response is. Some have to be easy. Some have to be more challenging. Hatzlacha, in this beautiful encounter between yourselves and your Shabbos guests. Okay, I'd like to uh, focus on a very interesting phenomena which takes place at um, Har Sinai. Now, it's fascinating to note that there was a most interesting development that took place Prior to the revelation at Sinai, in Parshas Yisro that we're going to read tomorrow, in Chapter Nineteen, Pesach Nine, we see that the original plan was for Hashem to come to Moshe in the thickness of the cloud, and the people of Israel would hear and be completely convinced. That it was Hashem communicating with Moshe. And as a result, the Ya They will believe in you, Moshe, Moshe MS, Visoruso, Ms. But their role at Harsinai was to be that they would hear Hashem speak to Moshe. Alright? The exact wording is. Ba'avur yishma They will hear you. The essence of this verse is teaching that Hashem was satisfied with the people being spectators. Hashem was convinced that they would know that is Hashem communicating to Moshe and they would thus be able to follow his Torah as they would be Convinced it came from Hashem. However, the Pasa continues that Moshe related the words of the people to Hashem. While we are not told in the text what the response of the people was to Hashem's initial plan, Rashi cites the Mechilta, that the people said, thanks but no thanks. They, the people, want to hear the revelation directly from Hashem. For one cannot compare hearing from a messenger to actually hearing from the king himself. And what emerges, therefore, is something fantastic. You ask for it, you get it. As a result of asking for more, they were then instructed how to prepare themselves to receive prophecy. They were to immerse in a mikvah. They were to abstain from their wives for three days. And it's fascinating to note, as the Torah teaches in Bamidbar. Chapter 12, Pesach 6, 7, and 8, of the basic differences between the prophecy of Moshe to that of all the other prophets. The other prophets received their prophecy in a vision, in a dream. Avram Avinu was told to take Yitzchak to the Akedah in a dream. And Moshe was the only prophet to whom Hashem would communicate Pe'el, pe, literally mouth to mouth, as one individual would speak to another. Now, there's a prevalent custom to stay awake the entire night of Shavuos. And some explain it, that this was to atone for the Jewish nation that overslept the night before Kabbalah Torah, before they received the Torah. And therefore, we correct their mistake. Now, I ask you, could they really oversleep that morning when they knew that they would be experiencing prophecy? The answer is that they thought they would be receiving prophecy while they slept. They thought they would get it in a dream, in a vision. Instead, they were upgraded to obtain prophecy on the highest level as Moshe. And all this occurred because they asked for it, they wanted greater closeness and intimacy with Hashem, and he responded in kind. Now this idea that if one doesn't yearn and pine for greater knowledge of Hashem, one does not receive it, can be seen from the Medrash Rabbah on Shmos, chapter three, paragraph one. At the burning bush, When Hashem first appears to Moshe, we are taught that Moshe hid his face for he was afraid to gaze upon Hashem. Now, interestingly, later on in Shmos, chapter 33, Pasuk 18, Moshe asks Hashem, show me your glory. Understood by the rabbis to mean that Moshe was asking to understand Hashem. And the Gemara in Brachos 8 8 interprets this to mean that Moshe was questioning how Hashem runs the world. Why is it that the righteous suffer? Why is it that the wicked prosper? And the Midrash teaches that Hashem responds to Moshe and says, When I wanted to teach you, you, Moshe, declined by, bir- by turning your face from me. Now that you are requesting of me, I will turn my face from you and deny you your request. Unbelievable. Now, Rav Moshe that Zetzal in his Sefer on the Torah teaches, undoubtedly, Moshe turned away from God out of the sense of complete and total humility, feeling unworthy of such a magnificent revelation to God, of God to him. But Hashem was teaching Moshe that one's quest for knowledge should often override the derech eretz of humility. Moshe, according to this opinion in the Medrash, was taken to task for not being more proactive in seizing the moment for greater spirituality. Not asking for it was an opportunity lost. And therefore, at the beginning of chapter 19 in Parshas Yisro that we're going to read tomorrow, we are taught of the events leading up to the revelation at Sinai. Verse one teaches that the children of Israel arrive at the wilderness of Sinai. Verse 3 tells us that Moshe ascended to God and then Hashem called to him from the mountain. Notes the Orachayim HaKadosh. Is it not strange that Moshe should ascend prior to being summoned by Hashem? And he answers most excitingly that Moshe was told at the burning bush that 50 days after the exodus from Mitzrayim, the nation would worship Hashem on this mountain. It appears that Moshe learned from his prior mistake at the bush. And as soon as they arrived at the mountain, Moshe and his excitement and enthusiasm could not be restrained. And, and as we are taught meaning love conquers all, Moshe's love for Hashem propelled him to ascend the mountain, defying the usual protocol of not entering the different domain prior to being summoned and invited. We find this theme repeated in the Torah, in Shmos, where it says, in Shmos, Lamed Gimel Zayin, so it would be that whoever would seek Hashem would go out to the tent of meeting. And the Targum on the words Kol Mivakesh Hashem translates it as Kol tava Olpan, meaning, whoever would seek instruction from before Hashem would go out to the house of study, which was outside the camp. One has to be a mavakesh. You have to seek Torah. And then they are rewarded with spiritual success. The above sources demonstrate that to achieve success in Torah and spiritual growth, one has to work at it and demonstrate the readiness to put in time and effort. And this was demonstrated on a communal level the incredible revelation at Sinai that was attained by the the burning desire for prophecy and on the individual level where Moshe cannot be restrained from running up to the mountain. Now what lesson might there be for each and every individual who most often says to himself, of what significance am I in this world? So to each and every person, I'd like to refer them to the Talmud in Sanhedrin 37a whereby we are taught that each individual is to say to himself "Bishvili nivra olam" the world was created for me rather than believe that they are insignificant Each person must realize that each individual is truly a world unto themselves. As taught in the Gemara Brachos 58a, just as each individual's face is unique, so too is each individual's mind unique. Each person must realize that they were born at a particular time, in a particular place, for them to make their unique contribution to their society and indeed the world. And just as Moshe cannot be restrained from running up the mountain, defying proper protocol, each Jew who is charged to love Hashem as is taught in the first paragraph of the Shema, V'yohav Hashem Elokecha, we demonstrate this love by our desire to be close to Him, which is accomplished by greater fulfillment of studying His Torah and the performance of mitzvot. And finally, in the Kiddush that we say every Friday night, it's understandable that we say Zecher, the masse Barashas, because after all, Shabbos is the commemoration of just that, that Hashem is the creator. But why do we bring in Seichel Yitzias Mitzrayim? So I'd like to suggest that the word Mitzrayim comes from Meitzar, which means a boundary. Seichel Yitzias Mitzrayim, while this is not the literal translation, can well be understood to mean the ability of man to break out of and not be limited by the usual boundaries with which he or society have surrounded him. Shabbos with its Nishamaya yaseira. Additional soul is a weekly charge for greater intimacy with Hashem, urging us to follow the pristine example of our forefathers at Sinai, to be a participant and constantly go beyond in future growth and development, rather than be a spectator and watch many golden opportunities slip by. Shabbat Shalom to all.
0: With Friday morning broadcast, JMDM and the 10th of February, day number 19 in the month of Shvat. Arab Shabbos Parshas Yisro with candle lighting in New York, 504. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Take advantage of the amazing 30% off Talmud admission sale over at Artscroll and Artscroll.com. Now through the 20th of February, when you go to Artscroll.com, no matter what you're ordering, make sure to use promo code RADIO. Major discount plus free shipping. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. That is the very, very worthwhile recommendation. Hey, Maura Adina just posted on the app. Shout out to Yeshivat Noam celebrating Spirit Day. Bergen County will be popping in blue and orange. The Yeshivat Noam school colors. Thank you, Maura Adina. Best regards to Rabbi Hagler and, of course, the great staff, wonderful parents and students over at Yeshivat Noam. Um, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. They are presenting our kosher halftime show. That happens uh, this coming Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. It becomes available. It'll be on the homepage of nachumsegal.com. It'll be referenced on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, it'll be on many WhatsApp groups, It'll um, be on our YouTube page. Just go to uh, Nahum Siegel Net on YouTube, and the video will be there for you to enjoy. And um, if you don't get a chance to finish it during halftime, you can finish it later on. Big thank you to all of our sponsors. The commercials are great. Really stepped up even further than usual. Pretty amazing. And, of course, a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. And many members of the Rothenburg family, for obvious reasons, because of their connection to uh, Philadelphia, will be at the game. So we will wish them good luck. We will be we will be civil about this. As difficult as it is to root for Philly. <laughs> we will wish the Rothenbergs good luck. And uh, may the best team win, as the expression goes. J.M. and A.M. Friday morning broadcast coming up at 9 o'clock. Naomi Nachman. She's got table for two. And she's got a brand new show today. Um, let's see. Naomi at 9 o'clock will present her second show from Shakshuka in Shuk Mahana Yehuda, Jerusalem. Guests include Joe Klein from Just One Chesed, Judy Benzakin from Palata Restaurant in the Shuk, and Joel Haber, food expert and Shuk tour guide. That's all happening between 9 and 10. At 10 o'clock, Kedem presents our Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. Erev Shabbat's music mix presented by Kedem all day long. Final hour presented by Kedem, of course, right before 4 p.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow night, Saturday Night Seagull, Avrami will host. Rabbi Eliezer Wickler, of course, will participate. Sunday, it's Jam Sunday Live with Matas beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And Sunday Night Kosher Halftime Show, the 10th annual Kosher Halftime Show. Um, And that's happening uh, Sunday night presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm. 10th kosher halftime show, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Use whatever platform you wish, including our website at nachholmsegal.com, to view it and enjoy it and to share it. Please share, share, share. Um that would be amazing if you would do that. Um someone says we forgot to play this song last week. Okay, so we'll do it this week. Avremo, I'm from free to JM in the AM. I say-
3: Shit. Yeah.
1: Who will make us strong? Who Kula make us strong? Who will make us strong? Who will make us strong? Who
3: will
1: i
0: Words from this week's Parsha, preceded by words from last week's Parsha. J.M. and the A.M., Friday morning, of Shabbos. Everybody out there, make sure you know when candle lighting is in your area. 5.04 here in the New York area. Don't forget, kosher halftime show with your Achmiel of the Miami Boys Choir, who you just heard coming up Sunday night, presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm. Time to say good Shabbos journeys, J.M. and the A.M.
3: inside
0: My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio Round the world web at NachumSigl.com On the NachumSigl network and of course on the beloved NSN app Wraps up an amazing edition of JM&AM Thanks so much for tuning in everybody Archives available at NahumSiegel.com and, of course, on the NSN app. Daily Thread. um, If you don't get the Daily Thread and or our weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com, AF at NahumSiegel.com. Naomi Nachman next with a brand-new edition of Table for Two, then Mark Zamek and the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show and plenty more, of course, all day long. Plus, tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami. That's happening with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler starting at 9 p.m and uh, Matis live J.M. Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday morning and of course Kosher Halftime Show presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm at InjuryLawyer.com Sunday night at 8 p.m. at com. Have a fabulous Shabbos wonderful weekend Till next week NachumSiegel reminding you remember the past live the present and trust the future